In the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our King. Amen. In 2010, our congregation traveled by train all the way from Fargo (laughs) to New Orleans. That's a long way to go. And we had a layover. I don't even know if that's what you call it when you ride a train. I don't know. Anybody know? I don't know. Anyway, we had a layover in Chicago. And we had a few hours to kill, so we did what anybody would do in Chicago. We uh, got deep dish pizza, right? I mean, you got to do that. Uh, We went down to Lakeshore Drive. And while there, a stranger approached me for money. And some of our group were worried about what might happen, right? And the person explained to me that they could use, they were down on their luck, right? They were in need and wondered if I had a few dollars to spare. And as a rule, as a general rule, I do not, do not give cash. But I just happened to have in my wallet a $25 gift card to Walgreens. It's just like it was there. It was meant to be there, right, for a time like this. And when I handed it to the man and explained to him what it was, um, his eyes welled up with tears, and he gave me a big hug. And people, some of the kids who were kind of farther off were like, what is going on? Right? Gave me a big hug, poured out his heart in front of the whole group, thanking me at length for this kind gesture. It was a God moment. It was something that was discussed for the rest of the trip. Here's the thing, though. I've heard today's gospel from Matthew 25 is about this very thing, that it's been taught and preached that way. Now, before we go any further, and before you get upset and think that I'm saying that something that I'm not, I'm going to qualify it. It's not wrong to say that we should help our neighbor. The Bible teaches us to help our neighbor, that we should love our neighbor as ourself. Martin Luther explains the fifth commandment by saying that we should fear and love God, that we do not hurt nor harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. So yes, Christians help those who need it. Christians love neighbor. We can't help it. Because the love of God from his word and his spirit compels us to do so. But to say that this text is about helping the less fortunate, that's a problem. And here's why. Because it seems that your salvation, if we're taking that, this text to mean what it says, if that's how we're reading it, It says, and it seems, that your salvation depends on how much you've done to help the poor, to help those in prison, to help those who are thirsty and who are hungry. When Jesus comes again in glory as judge, our Lord himself describes it this way. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then you know the rest. I was hungry, you gave me food. Thirsty, you gave me drink. Stranger, you welcomed me. Naked, you clothed me. Sick, you visited me. In prison, you came to me. 
And the righteous was saying, when? When did all these things happen? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And then we have the unrighteous, those on his left, with the same thing. Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Right? Never meant for mankind. Prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. Thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was stranger, you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you didn't visit me. And then we'll say, Lord, when did we see you in any of these situations? And he will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to the one of least of these, you did not do it to me. Now, both groups, as you will notice, seem unaware that they have either done or not done things to Jesus. And I've heard that sermon too. Do good deeds, but don't expect a reward for it or something like that. It still doesn't solve the problem. It's, it's works righteousness. Salvation depends on how much you and I have done. And if that is the case, if that is the case, we're in trouble. You're in trouble. I'm in trouble. If things are up to me, things are up to you, we are doomed. So what do we do? Because there's a lot of people in need that we ignore. This whole narrative depends on how people relate to who Jesus calls the least of these my brothers, right? Uh, whatever you did to the least of these my brothers, you did to me. So maybe, just maybe, we need to find out who are Christ's brothers. Who is Jesus talking about when he says, the least of these, my brothers? And the answer might surprise you. And Jesus does answer the question. You just have to read the Gospel of Matthew, right? You don't take a book and read, let's say it's a 200-page book, and read five pages and say, okay, I understand the plot, I understand everything. doesn't work that way. The Bible's the same way. Jesus answers this question in chapter 12, and he answers it pretty emphatically, actually. Here's what it says in chapter 12. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. His literal mother and brothers asking to speak to him. And then uh, someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside asking to speak to you. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward who? Who? Stretching out his hand toward his disciples. He said, here are my mother and my sister and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Yes, Jesus points to his disciples and refers to them as brothers and sisters and mothers. So the least of these, my brothers, are disciples, not the poor. Disciples. 
Jesus gave other clues in uh, Matthew's gospel that reinforces this idea of receiving and doing kind works to his messengers. In chapter 10, Jesus sends out his disciples instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, but only to the lost sheep of Israel, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go to the lost sheep. And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without pay, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your bags, no belt, no bag for your journey, no tunics or sandals or staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy and stay there until you depart. So what is going on when Jesus sends out his disciples in this chapter to do things in his name? He explicitly instructs them to rely on the hospitality of others. Those who would give them somewhere to stay. Those who would give them something to drink. Those who would give them something to eat. Those who would give them something to wear. As you enter the house, greet it, and if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment. There it is. For the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Then at the end of chapter 10, he wraps it all up. And will wrap it all up in just one short saying. Matthew 10, chapter 40. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He who receives you, he's talking to his disciples, right? Well, he's instructing them to go out. Whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. That's right. Whoever receives Christ's disciples, his messengers, and the word that the Lord has given through them, also receives the Lord. The Lord gives plenty of clues that his brothers, the least of these, my brothers, we got to know who that is. The least of these, his brothers, again in chapter 5, are those who carry the gospel message. We have other clues from this text as well. Uh, all nations is always only mentioned a few times in this gospel, but it's always missional. What do I mean by that? It's always a call to proclaim the gospel to the, to the nations, to the world. So, this text mentions all nations gathered before our Lord on the last day. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, right? This is how Jesus starts the whole thing. And the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all nations, and He will separate people one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And all nations appears two more times. In Matthew 24, Jesus warns, guess who? His disciples. That they will not always be received well by the world. Here's what he says. They will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And that did happen to most of them. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And when... 
And then many will fall away, betray one another, hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And I bet you know the other place where all nations appears in Matthew's gospel. If you think it's the Great Commission, you're correct. Who does Jesus speak these to? The poor? His disciples. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And who do you think does Jesus say, You will be with me? To judge when I return, who is going to be with them to do that, to help him? His brothers, the disciples. You see, Jesus does not simply refer to the poor, the criminal, the destitute in Matthew 25. And remember what I said about that at the beginning of the sermon. We're supposed to do that. But he's implicitly telling us to receive those who share his word, who share and do his directives who give our Lord's word about what the church should teach, about what the church should preach, about what it should be doing, about word and sacrament, and the reception of sins forgiven in Christ and in Christ alone. About how salvation does not depend on what we do. It's about receiving, by God-given faith, our Lord's gifts and God's messengers as if they were from Christ himself, and as if Christ himself were speaking. Now we have a text that makes way more sense. Now we have a text that can give you hope. Because it's all about receiving what Jesus seeks to give you through his church, his disciples, his messengers. Thanks be to God, right? You are here to hear this morning. Here to receive God's word. Here to receive God's gifts. Here to receive our Lord's teaching, his proclamation, his spirit, his forgiveness, his good news for you. It's about eternity and where you will be and what he has prepared for you before the foundations of the world. As they told the kids, everlasting life with God himself for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you receive the Lord's the Lord and his blessing with joy and gratitude, you look forward to a time when you live by sight, not by faith. You look forward to the day when you hear the Lord's joyful invitation, his glorious words, come, right? Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. Naked, you clothed me. Sick, you visited me. In prison, you came to me. Then the righteous will say and answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you? Hungry and feed you. Thirsty, give you drink. See you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you. And when did we see you sick or in prison or visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me.
Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.